Hello, and welcome to Cinema Double Takes, podcast where two movies are paired together in unexpected ways to make some head-turning double features. I'm Ryan. I'm Hunter. And we got a killer episode for you today with uh, two movies about killers. Um, two very different movies about killers. Very, very different movies um, about killers. It, one is fictional and the other is nonfiction. I think, you know, there's plenty of liberties taken with it, but still, it's one is based on a real, actual serial killer. I guess also one of the things that I didn't realize until after watching them is both of these in hindsight when you watch them back in like in 2022 yeah. they have different connotations with some of the things because Spree there was somebody on Twitch that actually did something similar now. Yeah. And that's true. And Memories of Murder they now have finally caught the murderer. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, that was something I wanted to kind of go over too. Was that yeah, that like the the murderer had been caught yeah. um, with with like memories of murder, and then I think like I don't know a whole lot about the Twitch thing. Yeah, I know I've heard about it. Like I've I've heard about it. That, that's very true though. That things have happened since the release of the release of both of these movies. So, yep, we are talking about memories of murder and spree. Um, we're gonna kick things off with the heavier movie. Yeah. If you want to intro that Yeah, one. for sure. So, Memories of Murder, uh, directed by Bong Joon-ho, who's done a lot of great stuff. Unfortunately, I've only seen Parasite, so I, and Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer as well, but yep. I've heard Host is, like, Host so is very good. good. Host is very good. Um, but the movie takes place in 1986. You have two detectives, uh, Detective Park and uh, Detective Cho, Two simple-minded detectives assigned to do a double murder investigation in a South Korean province. But when the murderer strikes several more times with the same pattern, the detectives realize that there is a, a serial killer on the loose. Yep. The movie kind of reads like Zodiac to Yes, me. Uh, and I had heard people, even going into the movie, I had heard people kind of describe it as Korean Zodiac. Yeah, it's what it feels um, like. And, and I, I totally see it. It, it. it has that quality, and it's kind of funny because... I mean, this came out before Zodiac. Yeah, um, so it's kind of hard to, like, compare like, it. But at the same time, it's interesting, because, like, reading about how this movie sort of got thrown into a vault, essentially. Yeah. I don't know if it had even a physical release in Korea, but I like it basically, like, resurfaced when it got released in the Criterion Collection. Yeah. Post-Parasite. So it really was, like, the 2020 the world got to see the movie for the first time. Um, like, like outside of South Korea, no one had seen this movie. And I'm pretty sure it has his, like, his commentary after the fact on that Criterion Collection. I believe so, which I'll have to check out. I, I watched the movie on my Criterion Blu-ray um, that I needed to watch. So, so you were suggesting yeah, it really was, like, one of those that was on my watch list of just... I'll probably put it in a, in a suggestion if you didn't. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting that basically like yeah no one had seen this until like like 15 years yeah almost over 15 years since the movie came out um but it definitely has a zodiac like flair and you could say your zodiac is like this movie but i don't even know if david fincher saw this movie <laughs> yeah know? yeah it really was just so underseen um which is a shame because this movie is it's so awesome. good yeah this it's movie so was fantastic um I, I'll say, like, if we're, if we're going to do comparisons, I don't know how you can top Parasite. You know, like, like personally. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, like I, I really do think Parasite was, like, a, a revelation of a movie. An incredible movie from start to yeah. finish. However, th this movie is, is stunning. Um, and like Zodiac, 
which I also think is a great film. Uh, I just love that it, it kind of flips the narrative a little bit and makes it a movie that is much more about the people investigating for sure, yeah, the, the killer than trying to like really. Like Deep Zodiac is very much about Zodiac killer. Like you're mm-hmm. caring very much about how he's toying with the police. Yeah. Whereas this is like getting to seep yourself into the minds of two detectives who have very different ideas on how to work a case and also are letting a little bit too much of their feelings yeah. intertwine with what's actually happening. Yeah, this very much is a character study and and, and you have that character obsession in Zodiac as well. Um, but but I think like a, a differentiator is like with like even Bong Joon Ho, when I kind of was reading about the making of this movie and like the, the reason why it was made in the first place was that he wanted to make a movie about that era in Korea, yeah, more than actually about the serial killer investigation. It was like he wanted to capture a snapshot of the political the turmoil political tum- yeah. that was taking place. He wanted to capture a snapshot of corrupt police systems in Korea at that time. Like, like the snapshot that he wanted to capture was of late 80s South Korea just like oppression and, and just overall like tension that yeah. was taking place at that time. Um, and, and using this serial killer as sort of the means to the backdrop capture is sort of the inadequacy of that time for, for that country. And, uh, and I think Zodiac was a lot more of just we're going to get a snapshot of some very obsessive, intelligent detectives who are trying so hard yeah. to crack this case. And you get some of that. You do get some of that in this movie. Um, but there's also that Bong Joon-ho flair of humor. That, yeah, that, like, it's like slapstick humor intertwined with this, like... I, I have never seen super so medium. many drop kicks in a police Dude, procedural. The drop kicks were my favorite part. It's like when when I watch, like, a CSI TV show or something like that, usually you see a fight and it's, like, kind of boring, but him just, like, diving in straight with his It like, happens. I, I, so wish I, had, I wish I took count. Because Did it, it kick count? It, yeah. It happens so many times. And, like, yes, like, we have... Was it... Is it Cho? Is that the one that, that, that is, like, the violent one of the the three because it's a trio yeah um there's one of the detectives who wears combat boots and pretty much his whole job is just to beat the shit out of people yeah um like and i liked even that snapshot of like you get his glimpse at like like the glimpse of like if he wasn't a police officer he would be in in jail he would be in jail yeah like he's just like a, a complete thug just using his authority as a as an excuse yeah. to beat the hell out of people, like really, like he's just a violent criminal. That, essentially, that entire police like task force mm-hmm. from the moment that you meet them until like the the next detective comes in. Yeah, it's like this is the worst. They're a group of clowns. They're so awful. Yeah, like the dysfunctionality between all of them together just doesn't work. Like the first crime scene setting that you see mm-hmm. him go into. There's a footprint that gets ran over. Like tractor, nobody, yeah. nobody knows what they're doing. The body's getting touched and rearranged. It's like yep. total chaos. And then this other detective shows up, and it's like the entire movie changes. Yeah, the detective from Seoul was fantastic. Yeah, like, like he like definitely was that like kind of moral anchor in yeah. the movie. Um, I know, like that was also something that, in a way, I had to adjust to for the first couple minutes was that like 
I, know, I knew that Song Kang Ho was the like essentially the lead um, as the I think he kind of referred to himself as the shaman uh, of the group <laughs> who like you know he could look into someone's eyes and see it but you know I was so ready for like especially in American films like when we have these kind of detective police procedurals we're supposed to really connect with the detectives for sure yeah and in this movie it, right away it's like they're a joke <laughs> like, like 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 they're not and you do eventually you connect with them yeah. because like they are still technically driven to find the killer but also you see their desperation to just have it be over with their various attempts at capturing innocent people and trying to and convince trying to get them, them to, to confess yeah um but yeah yeah like like you are at least attached to the fact that like you know they're after someone worse but but yet i i had to adjust to these police officers are not like your typical hollywood like e- even if like like i think of seven for example yeah like even with brad pitt being the rookie cop who's got his you know kind of fly by the seat of his pants attitude and everything he's still wholly good you know yeah and you don't have that with this movie they also do a lot of like i don't know the beginning of this movie really confused me at the at the very opening because it sets you up with the crime scene that's Mm -hmm. like that's like the very first thing is you're you're seeing this dead woman's body and these kids gathering around and they have this like monologue between Mm -hmm. the kid copying um, park right and then it goes straight into like the opening credits and it's like this weird like montage that they're that they're doing that it feels like the, it feels like it's reminiscent of like some like Miami Heat or like CSI Miami or something like jokey mm-hmm. opening sequence it, it felt really weird yeah for it was, a dark movie like well, this well and i love that they kept calling everyone punks yeah everyone's a punk yeah um yeah, yeah, it, it certainly, I think it captured sort of, a, like, there's a melancholy tone, yeah. and then there's also this sort of, yeah, goofiness of just how inadequate these detectives are, and even as much as, like, you know, he has this belief that he's the world's greatest detective, yeah. he's not, um, and the, the way the movie really kind of allows these characters to have such interesting quirks I feel like it's such a signature of, like, Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. Where, like, you know, his priority is giving these characters their very distinct personalities. Uh, Because, yeah, we have Song Kang-ho, Detective Park, is the, like, this believes he's, like, has a sixth sense for criminal investigation. Yeah. He doesn't. And, you know, you have Detective Cho, who is, really, he just likes to torture people. For sure. Um yeah, and the uh, the detective from Seoul, I I really enjoyed that. Like, he was the only one that was legitimately like capable. Yeah, <laughs> like, once like, once he comes in the movie, you start to feel like you're in good hands. Yeah, yeah, and and he like I just loved his introduction. <laughs> I loved yeah. that he was mistaken for a rapist. Yep, and then followed by that, you know, he gets drop kicked. Yep, <laughs> one of the many drop kicks in the movie. Drop kicked by Detective Park. Who later realizes like, oh, why didn't you just tell yeah, me? Yeah, it cuts to that scene and it's so funny, dude. Yeah, yeah, because he he like this woman's screaming. He's like, oh, what are you doing? And <laughs> drop yeah. kicks him and yeah, just immediately cuts to them in the car and he's like, 
why didn't you just tell me that you were like like, like a detective? And he's like, well, like, why well, didn't you tell me you were a... Like, why didn't you tell me you were so bad at yeah. getting criminals? Um, yeah, yeah, like, their interactions. The the police chief was hilarious. Yeah. I, I thought he was great. Because, um, like, you know, he's another one of those where he wants to be that stern, authoritarian leader... But yet he's also a clown. I, I think the movie did a good job of like capturing like when the two detectives start fighting each other in the karaoke bar, and the chief throws up yep. before then having this like, "I'm your leader and don't ever do that in front of me again." As they're all just shit faced. That's the one thing that this movie does like better than any detective movie I've ever seen or or kill, killer movie, is it's like it really shows the people. As people. It like, really humanizes like, You know, them. you would see this guy in another movie portrayed as, like, a straight-laced man who's, like... You never see the the gritty aspects of him. But, like, yeah. him throwing up in the ice bucket and yep. then trying to tell them to stop arguing that he would kill them is, like, yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah. And, and I agree. Yeah, I think the movie just is so smart in the way it's, like, so focused on just showing them as people. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't idolize them or... or like build them up in any way like like their actions speak for themselves and not everything they do is bad like like they do yeah. have like some noble intentions but but then they also will have their just acts of stupidity um i i love detective cho and his little booty he's got this little yeah. like flowered booty that he puts on his combat one of his combat he, boots he doesn't just to want not to get, bruise like, people or scratch people doesn't want to scratch him and also i just got the sense too that he just didn't want to get blood on his on boots. his boots yeah yeah but like i thought that was just such a great character quirk and it, it, it continues to the movie of just his acts of violence and yeah. how it it does come back to bite him yeah um, the, the way it comes back in a negative way was really smartly handled um the the actual way the movie kind of handles the killer too i think is very well done where it at the time killer had not been found and i, and I like that the movie really did kind of make him this like almost like like boogeyman like, like, like yeah this sort of very mysterious and, and, and like i know that we kind of have that view of serial killers anyway but like you know the the mystery of him he could be anywhere. Like that was kind of the the way the movie played it, and I, I really liked how it was handled. Where you have this vagueness, and I feel like even that is a differentiator to me from like Zodiac, where I feel like Zodiac kind of is tapping into, and it's explored more in another Fincher produced and partially directed property with like Mindhunter. But like Zodiac yeah. was tapping into like the psychology of, of serial killers and trying to kind of navigate things in that, that headspace. In this movie, is these guys aren't adequate enough to be thinking about the psychology of this killer. It, it, it's more of just what are some physical things that we can use as clues. Um, and, and, like, there's a great kind of line with, like, Detective Park talking about how, like, the detectives in Korea are... They're footmen. Like, they're on yeah, foot. Yeah, they're on foot. Um, and uh, I, I think, like, this movie kind of, like, explored the the very physical way that they conduct their investigation. It also shows how, like, 
undervalued the police forces and how unequipped they are in certain situations. Oh, yeah. Like, especially with the poli- like the political aspects of this yeah. film. They had, like, nobody to help them with this. They had no assistance. They like, had no, no assistance. funding. Like, yeah. it was basically like, where the hell is forensics? Forensic and, was... All, they were either always late or just wouldn't show up. And then, on top of that, you do just have, like, this brazen detective who at one point is trying to say his big break for the case is that he thinks the the serial killer is shaved completely downstairs. That was such like, a hilarious say, like, like little like B plot that the movie Like he's got to be he's got to be completely nude down there cuz how would there not be any hairs? And then cut to a scene later he's at a sauna staring at dicks. Yes. Like yeah. <laughs> it goes to a bathhouse because like that's the way he's going to investigate and, and it it's implied too cuz like he's having a conversation with his like, girlfriend who is like basically like, he's explaining like he's just bathing multiple yeah. times a day every day <laughs> he's just supremely clean he's just looking for the the most shaved dick he can yeah yeah such a funny like form of investigation well and then also their thought of do we need to go to the buddhist monastery <laughs> like what are you just gonna ask all these monks to just drop their pants <laughs> so it's such a funny idea of well, yeah, like, we couldn't find hair at the scene, so clearly this guy is... He's got to be completely shaved below. completely shaven and, guy, and, and like I we're going to investigate it somehow. I love how that turns into an actual, like, lead later on, because, like, mm-hmm. he, he's telling that to his girlfriend, and that leads him to go to a shaman. It's like, yeah. the worst detective on the planet just keeps doing the worst things, and it happens to put him in a scenario where you, you think is going to go somewhere, yes. and then it doesn't. Well, yeah, because, like, the... And when the shaman, you know, and he's like, I'm not going to buy that. And then it cuts to him <laughs> having bought th- this stupid roll of paper that she tells him to put some dirt and water on it and it will reveal the killer's He's got to let it dry out, yeah. And it's got to be dirt from the crime scene. And they're <laughs> and so they're at the crime scene doing this. And even his, like, his partner, Detective Cho, is just like, this is ridiculous. And he's like, I paid good money for this. And his and his partner is an idiot, too. So, oh, yeah, like, like, maybe even more stupid. So, like, Yeah, like, they really are, like, it kind of is the three students. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Like, like, like the, the one from Seoul is definitely more equipped than the other two. Yeah, he's got the four-year degree, not the yeah, two-year yeah. degree. And, and you can sense that he's the more educated one of the group. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, the, the other two, though definitely feel like these small town just kind of nobodies who just decided to, they needed a job yeah and that's the job they, they happened got. They upon detectives it. um i i and i love too that they're arrogant they're so arrogant um and, and it does lead to like good uses of humor and also it i think the movie does a good job of making them both likable and unlikable like like because you see them you see them torturing people like they are torturing some of these people their first like major suspect that they capture is this mentally disabled like teenage boy Mm -hmm. who uh was in in some way clearly like he was like badly burned at some point and he kind of implies that like maybe he was when he was young he was thrown into like a fire yeah and, yeah and, and the, maybe and that happened on, yeah. but he implied that he was thrown into a fire but because he's kind of off and because he would follow a girl around the assumption is like well he's obviously the killer yeah um and 
I loved watching, like, the soul detective, like, completely piece together how it made no sense. Whether it's, like, for one, where it's, like, this was done by someone who is skilled. And, like, this boy is, like... This is done with intent. mentally handicapped. Uh, like, like, the way the knots were tied and then, like, his hands are kind of stuck together. His yeah, he fingers, doesn't have the dis- dexterity to tie the knots. His fingers are kind of webbed together, so it's, like... How could he? He literally physically couldn't tie a knot, as he mentioned. Like he couldn't even hold chopsticks. Yeah. So like, how how could he have tied these perfectly done knots? Yeah. knots um, was uh, was something that I thought was like like interesting to see, and then also just that, like even if he had the dexterity, he's, he's mentally challenged. Like, yeah. Just, like the the amount of like attention to detail that was put in by this killer there's too many commonalities with every murder to have been just Mm -hmm. like a random act of choice because like yeah you know they were all during a rainstorm they all were wearing red it's like too many things to pinpoint on him when he doesn't really seem like he would be that yeah exactly have the wherewithal to do something of that sort yeah yeah well and yeah the, the way that that investigation goes through too with like them like the scenes of of when it's raining and the, yeah. the song and all the, the like deductions, um, I listened to uh, there was a video of Guillermo del Toro talking about the film and he oh really, really loved it and he talked about the movie kind of being a film kind of emphasizing different masculine traits um, and also emphasizing all of these masculine figures completely ignoring the female detective who had really good ideas yeah because um, like even her noting the the thing on the radio it's like. That's a, a great lead. It doesn't yeah. have to be accurate, but it's like that's a, a much better lead than just, well, the handicapped boy that some girls down the street think yeah. are creepy, let's go beat him. Like, <laughs> she's finally, she's finding a correlation whether or not that is yeah. accurate or not. At least it's something. She's like, finding she's, connections. She's yeah. throwing something at the wall and hoping it sticks. Yeah, rather than... I'm going to make fake evidence, you know. Or, yeah, I'm going to coerce a person into agreeing Mm -hmm. that they did this so that they can get out of here for moments. Exactly. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it was, it was very interesting to kind of see, though, how it was sort of emphasizing the, like, the one female, like, lead in the movie that constantly had great ideas. But all all they wanted her to do was call the post, like call the uh, radio station and get coffee, basically. Yeah, yeah, like like she really was just like a glorified secretary, but yeah. she was a detective. Yeah, and and I, I think like the the soul detective, the detective from Soul, like he at least caught on to that. Like she's useful. But yeah, like, like, like you know, like oh no, we need to take her advice. We need to check these things. Like look at the documents she gave us. It's gotta you know at least have you know something for us to investigate. Um, I liked the slow kind of unraveling of the case too. I know that yeah. the movie is much more about the characters, but the way the case, finding little details and how much of like the details came down to the killer's hands. Yeah. Like, like every little bit of detail that the movie had was every clue and everything that kind of further led to that investigation was the hands of the killer because no one had seen him, but maybe some people had like felt him or heard about it so like the the kid that they were torturing his hands got him out because he, they, he didn't his hands physically couldn't tie knots physically couldn't have the dexterity to do it 
than like the sort of red herring in the factory with the guy wearing women's panties. Yeah, and it was happened to be red. Um, and that like chase sequence was fantastic. It was the whole so good. sequence as they're chasing him and, and trying to track him down, running into the factory. Um, the way that was handled was well done. Um, and, and I liked that it gave like a little bit of credibility to Detective Park with like he yeah. stared at his eyes and then was like, it, it, "He's." The I one. knew it was him. Yeah. Um, like like it gave a little credibility there where like, you know, because technically. We can learn a lot about people from our eyes. You know, we can we can sense emotions and we can understand things. I don't think that technically, like, he had a level of arrogance where he believed that he, like, knew everything. He yeah. definitely didn't. However, like, it gave him that slight credibility of that, like, he definitely has some kind of intuition. You know, like, he has, like, some intuition that was validated in that scene. Um, the movie does a good job on making you... I don't want to say hate him because, like, that's yeah. not really my emotions towards him. But, like, I avidly didn't like him for good periods yeah. of this film. Mm-hmm. And then others I would feel, like, so happy for the things that he was now able to do. Like, yeah. like it's not like he really changed much either. Like, you you saw more change in the in the detective from Soul mm-hmm. than you, you saw in Park. Yeah. But, like, the... the you actually see them kind of flip-flop. Yeah, they do. They're, yeah. they're kind of trading places in a way but i think that that's because the other detective becomes so enveloped with all of the community and of course the girl yep that he attaches his own feelings to these scenarios his emotions get very connected and you're introduced to detective park where his emotions are already tied to it yeah um like like his emotions are already invested where that killer is it's kind of implied he's been working very hard to find who this killer is for a while, when we're introduced to him. And that's where you get kind of the desperation of, I'm going to just say I found him. Yeah, I'm going to pick somebody. I'm just going to pick someone, and we're going to say we found him, we're going to celebrate, and it's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you see their roles reverse in a way that was really fascinating. Because I think you get, yeah, the obsession and the desperation that grows in the detective from Soul as he's spending time helping them and then you have detective park who's introduced to the other detective and is learning his methods that are much more based in education yeah. education and deductive reasoning um and so you see him kind of understanding his methods and kind of starting to incorporate it into how he works while the other guy is starting to get the same desperation that that Uh, detective park was um so it's fun to see those roles reverse you see uh and and i I, you know and i even like looked up his name and i just don't want to butcher it so i could just keep calling him i know i know listen it's like (laughs) seo and like i heard it a thousand times in the movie and i just don't want to come off i know like like, i just don't want to butcher his name but the detective from soul like there's a, a sequence where like just his desperation where like you even just see him as like you know, we're gonna go fucking find him. We're, yeah, <laughs> like, like I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do this. It, it's that kid from the factory who was requesting the song at the radio. I know it was him. I'm just gonna go get him. I'm gonna beat the shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, one of the one of the things that I had taken note of is how many times uh, Bong Joon Ho had like mentioned throughout the movie 
with the detective from Seoul in particular, like mm-hmm. we're gonna stick to the paper. If you follow, if you yes. follow the papers, it will get you there. If you follow the papers, it'll go, it'll get you there. Mm-hmm. It never lies. Like the papers never lie, facts never lie. And then at the most pivotal moment in the movie, he's presented with paperwork and he's like disproving that. the theory, <laughs> and he's like, "Nah, I'm killing him. I'm fucking yeah. killing this yeah, kid. Like, no, I know it's him. It's fucking him." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that that moment was great because yeah, like you said, just the papers were such like he was so by the book and like yeah. we need to use papers to really validate it and yeah when he gets that dna sample which that whole sequence in the rain so good it's wonderful it's very cinematic very probably not real yeah <laughs> you know like, like it, it's definitely heightened you don't care you know like, 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 like i know that some people can get worked up about like I want to see the truth, but the truth can be boring as hell. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like it's a, it's a movie. At the end of the day, like, yeah, they're playing up the drama, and damn, I loved it, good. it. It was so good. And dude, the the one thing we haven't even touched on at all is like, I love the color grading of this movie. Like, making yeah. it as muted as it is, it like obviously fits with like the problems going yeah. on in the politics in the area and like the corruption with everybody. Mm-hmm. But then it's just like. It's a huge backdrop for how like disturbing this movie can be at yeah. times. Yeah. Well, and, and I love that it's bookended by the like the most oversaturated, yeah, beautiful landscape. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think visually the movie looks fantastic. It's it's visually stunning, and I love yeah how it's bookended with the same field, um, in in that vibrant saturated color. While the, actually the entirety of the movie outside of those two images are yeah very gloom and doom and, yeah. yeah very gloomy um i i feel like it's pretty consistent with the films that i have seen from korea but much like as we're talking about that big climactic sequence the score is oh so it's good. so good yeah the, the, i agree the movie has such fantastic music um and i feel like it's just kind of consistent with a lot of films from from korea um I don't know if it's just that, yeah, that they got great composers over there or what, but yeah, like the the score is it's so somber, yeah, and like I, I think like it doesn't have the same like you know because I feel like so especially when we think of like Hollywood scores, it doesn't have the same level of bombast, like it yeah. it, it, it doesn't over accentuate things, but yet like they knew what they were doing with like they they got like just this very melancholy score that they, they crank up that volume in the right moments and in the right times to really really emphasize those emotions in those scenes but yeah i thought the the music in the movie was insanely good i agree yeah yeah awesome score um the the ending's perfect no, it is it, it is the, the perfect ending. Perfect. And like with a movie like this, just you know, comparing it mm-hmm. again to Zodiac, like you don't know who it is. So you have yeah. to you have to do something good, you know, you have to yeah. do something reflective. And I, I love him just having Park look back at the audience like it could be any of you. Yeah, yeah. It, well and that's a, a different thing too, because like Zodiac was kind of like they give you a bunch of like potential suspects. And the movie kind of ends yeah. with almost sort of a, who do you think it was? Uh, yeah. Because they mentioned that the killing stopped around the same time that this other guy had, you know, had something happen to him. 
Um, they have more of a definitive idea on what they were pushing the narrative towards, for sure. They give you something to sort of be like, yeah, like, like, who do you think it could have been? Do you think it was any of these people? This movie, I, yeah, I love that it was like, it could be someone that you're in the theater with. You yeah. Know? Like, that was kind of the implication, like, especially for, like, if you imagine seeing it in Korea in 2003 when the movie came out. Like, it's just sort of the... Like, what he looked like as, as he's talking to this young girl, going back to the first crime scene that we see at the beginning of the movie, looking under this just little, like... Canal type Little canal of, of, of concrete in the middle of this, like, farmland where the body was found at the beginning of the movie. And this girl just saying, like, oh, yeah, some guy was here and, you know, he did something here a long time ago and he just looked ordinary. Yeah, just and, an ordinary guy. And, like, yeah, just such a great, like, yeah, final just line of... Just ordinary um and, and to end it there um i i love that this sort of semi fourth wall break of him like sort of yeah. looking directly into the camera like like i know that he's not but it, like it's sort of like yeah like he's looking at you like are you are you the one that did this who the fuck like yeah. i don't fucking know yeah that's and that's another thing that's great because in the movie none of the suspects that they even fucking show mm-hmm have anything to do with it they're they're all they're just crackpot detectives yeah and they don't have their shit together so like everyone presented might have shit going on like the guy who's masturbating on a gravesite. i'm mm-hmm. not trying to say he's a great human being yeah but he definitely wasn't the actual murderer and it and the movie doesn't try to portray it like yeah they yeah. figured the fucking code or like they they exactly. did exactly yeah like with that like where it's like yeah, sure. He's a pervert. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, he's he's got a, he's got some weird sexual fetishes that are pretty uncomfortable and odd. But like, he's he's not killing people. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I think the movie really does provide that human element. And we talked about briefly. We mentioned very early on that like, since the movie has come out, the killer has been caught. And I love that. Like, if you look up who the killer is. It's the ending still works beautifully. Yeah, I, I still think that like he looks like a guy. Like, like 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 you look him up and and it's not like oh like yeah like I could tell like like, like yeah that, he looks like he like, he looks like a serial killer. It's like no, it's like fittingly he he just he looked like just some dude from Korea. Like, yeah, like just it, it wasn't. And I think it still kind of worked on that. Well, and I think even that kind of commentary on like. You know, I think we try to build up these people as, like, they are monstrous people, but we, we try to, like, we have a perspective in our minds of, like, oh, they gotta be hideous, you know? They gotta yeah. be a certain way. And, you know, I, I think even since having them be caught, I think the movie still has this relevancy of that, you never know. It, yeah, you know, like, 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 it could yeah. be your neighbor. Like, that. that's... I don't know, like, serial killers to me are very interesting, but not interesting because I, I really care about the killers, just more so that I find it's interesting that mm-hmm. people are able to do so much without getting caught. Like, that's the intrinsic nature of this movie, too, is, like... Yeah. Every... It's just random people trying to figure their shit out. Yeah. And it's so fascinating now, too, of, like, serial killers really aren't a thing anymore. You know, like, they, they, they like... They're they're nowhere near as prevalent as they were. Yeah, it's it's much harder to yeah, to just technology to wise and everything. Like we just aren't well, able even, to catch them. Even if you look in this movie, like the there's a point where they did want to get that DNA test to mm-hmm. to uh, yeah find out whether it was what's his name Bo, uh, Cho Cho Cho. Yeah. 
they really wanted to find out whether or not it was Cho, and they don't even have their own testing facility to test DNA there. They have to send it to America yeah. and wait for it to get processed and sent back. And it's like, you know, nowadays, that's not happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, and, okay, I do have to throw out, and this is like a very off topic from what we've been talking about, okay. but Detective Cho, I got to mention the irony of the guy who used his feet to just basically brutalize people for a living gets uh, uh, tetanus and didn't treat it and had to get his leg in. That's my only reason that I would feel like Bung Jung, like he even added that in. Cause like that seemed very, like that part or portion of the movie Mm -hmm. felt very weird. Like it, like it obviously, you know, overall, I don't really care so much that that happened because it didn't like get rid of um, a huge amount of time, but it just fell out of nowhere that he gets tetanus it's not and then important it's never, to the plot. And then they never speak it, about it yeah. It doesn't further any plot, but it's more so just like It's a important fuck to you. the character. Yeah. Like, it's important to the character, but it's not important to the plot. Yeah. Um, but I also think that that's where it kind of fits with this movie. It has this serial killer motif, and it has this investigation, but it really is, even with his goal of it being this snapshot, it's, it's, it's a movie that is about these characters. Yeah. Like, it's focused on these characters who are focused on a specific thing, but the movie cares about what what's happening to them, um, and uh, and and how they are mentally coming unglued, how they are maybe are overly confident, you know that their their lack of of resources, just so many things that he was kind of incorporating into this. But yeah, awesome movie, uh, very you know, awesome. Kind of final thoughts you want to give your rating? Yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. I almost yeah. gave it a ten out of ten, but. I feel like I'm going to reserve that one. For, maybe on a second viewing, I'll, I'll like it even more, but I, I loved it. I am right there with you. It is like a stupidly high 9 out of 10. Yeah. Um, like it's one of those where like it, it very easily could become a 10. For sure. But but yeah, it's one of those where let me sit with it. You know, let, let, it, let it be one of those movies where, because I think we've talked about it. A 10 out of 10, if I can have that strong like emotional resonance... It, it, it can be there, and sometimes it's instant. Other times, you know, it might not be. But I could see this being one where, like, if I go back to it, could move it hits up. a different way, or it, yeah. yeah, it grows but on you. I I was a huge fan of the movie. I think out of so I've I've seen four Bong Joon Ho movies. I've seen this Snowpiercer, Host, and uh, Parasite. And uh, this is like right behind Parasite for me. Like, like Parasite is a ten. Yeah, Parasite's um, pretty hard to beat, though. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, like Parasite is is one of those where even just the originality of that film, I think, yeah. is so incredible. But yeah, highly, highly recommend it. You know, I think we we talk about how we we give spoilers in these discussions, but this is a movie again. It's so good. The plot details. If you care about good filmmaking, go watch it. Like, yeah. even if you listen to us talk I, I about mean, it. I mean, they do try to veil this movie with a little bit of, like, mystique yeah. and mystery around the serial killer, which, I mean, is an added layer to it, for sure. You are wondering what is going to happen. But, like, yeah. even with the finality of the ending of him mm-hmm. looking back, like, it, it, yeah. gave me, it gave me just as good of a reaction as oh, him yeah. finding somebody. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic payoff. Great movie. Um ready to talk about a movie that is a lot goofier than this a one. lot goofier a lot yeah. goofier so, yeah. so let's let's do that 
All right, so Spree, directed by Eugene Kotlarenko. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. I'm sorry if I'm not. <laughs> um, but the, the movie is following in, in kind of a recent trend of films of like basically everything is through the perspective of screens, uh, yeah. various phone screens and live streams and follows the story of Kurt Kunkel, which is <laughs> such a great movie name. Yeah. It, it is such a movie name. But Kurt Kunkel, played by Joe Keery, people know him from Stranger Things, he is just desperate for fame. He really wants to be an influencer, and he's a complete loser. Like Kurt Kunkel is, is like this huge loser who is desperate to, by any means, he's going to figure out a way to be an influencer. Any trend that he can kind of ride the coattails of, he will jump on it. He'll do a draw my life. Like there's a great montage at the beginning that just sort of shows a draw my life. His reviews of sneakers, his reviews of different vapes, his re- every you know. YouTube video known to man. He even makes a YouTube apology, even yeah. though like he has no following and has <laughs> no controversy. Um, but desperate for for fame, eventually. It clicks with him. He's got this idea that he refers to as hashtag the lesson. And the lesson is his secret to going viral. And Kurt Kunkel is a spree driver, very much like Uber. You know, he's, yeah. he's basically an Uber driver, but for a company called Spree, which already by itself is a, a good joke. Yeah. You know, like, like he's a spree killer. Uh, and uh, the lesson is... Essentially, his trick to going viral is while he is in his spree vehicle, he's just going to murder a bunch of people. Yeah. And that will make him a viral sensation and, and be the, the key to his success. Um, all the while, as he's trying to do this, he's got a, uh, a babysitter. Not a babysitter. He's got a young boy who he had babysat who's now a teen who has become a successful influencer that he kind of idolizes, which in and of itself is sort of sad. The he's trying he, to ride like the coattails of, off of, of the well. kid. He babysat yeah. and feels like the kid owes him something. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and this kid's sort of like the one person who at least at the start of it is watching his videos. And we also have this additional subplot of a comedian played by Shasir uh, Zumiga. <laughs> yeah, and I, I probably am butchering her name. But she is a comedian who is about to have a live show at that night. Clearly the movie setting up that they're going to have some sort of a climactic interaction with each other. Um, I am very curious how you feel about this movie. This movie is... It's so weird because, like, it doesn't always land. Yeah. But when it does, it's really good. When the jokes land, they're great. I yeah. think this movie is a ton of fun. It is a lot of fun. It's like it it rides into its camp mm-hmm. just enough for me to like have a good time with it because yep. like there's a lot of pitfalls to this movie that I would say come necessarily from like the cast that is chosen mm. or maybe yeah. some of like the I don't know the the corny jokes that you might this, hear throughout. This movie is not subtle. Yeah, and its lack of subtlety sometimes can make it just not land as well yeah. as it wants to be. And I will say, my crit- criticism of that definitely comes in in the third act. I think the third act yeah. more so than the rest of the movie because I think the rest of the movie it's taking place in a like heightened reality. 
Like, like the reality of this film, well, it's definitely a satire on people's obsession with internet clout and, and, and success. It It's like literally everyone in this universe is live streaming. And yeah. not everyone in our reality is constantly live streaming all the time. I will say that they do a pretty good job, though, of accurately showing internet culture at yes. least to a, a, obviously a heightened it's degree. It's exaggerated. But, but it's, like they do a accurate. pretty good job at it. And that's why mm-hmm. some of the pitfalls I have with this movie are maybe like the way it's directed or maybe some of like the smaller intricacies yeah. I can forgive it for mm-hmm. because it fits the overall premise of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's harder for me to like shit on it mm-hmm. when it also makes this special. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll comment too on just like the, the fact that like as we talk about the internet culture and how it captures it decently well, I think it's like probably out of the movies that I've seen within this sort of small subgenre of like watching someone's phone essentially or just watching something take place on a screen, the live chats are like spot on. Yeah, it's like, so good. Like the the live chats that are used in, in this. Are perfect. Like it really does look and feel like a live chat. And you'll read some of the one-off things that people say that are just either random bullshit or like just stupid. It's <laughs> but, it's so it's a, like such a good lens on society because like mm-hmm. the the quote unquote Twitch tra- chat that you're looking at, yeah, is too accurate at times. Where like yeah. you know he's murdering somebody and people are calling it fucking fake. In yeah. the chat. Like, it's and, fake. Like, this is fake. This is not real. This is fake. Or, like, oh, Kurt, you got blood on you, dude. What? The, like, it, it's just like. Where, where it's like people that will say dumb shit for no reason other than just to put it in the chat. They're hitting him with, like, LOLs after he murders somebody. Or yeah, like, yeah. Someone made a Kurt Pepe frog. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the movie. Like, like, it's just. I feel like it captured the live chat so there's, perfectly. There's even an aspect of this movie at the very end where they did like he did a live poll on like should I marry, fuck, or kill yeah. this person, and like everybody in the chat was going to kill, and it's like it's so warped and mm-hmm. like hurts my soul to look at, but it's like too accurate. Like oh, yeah. it, it's spot on because like as much as I don't want to say people would want to see the killing. Yeah, that's what people are tuned in oh, for. That's would. what they want, you know. Like yeah. we're sick creatures. Oh, absolutely. I, like I heard someone describe it this way, and I think it's like perfectly accurate. Which is just that, just human beings, it's we have an obsession with spectacle. Yeah, How, in whatever form that may be, you know. And that's where, like, you know, like whether it's explosions or violence or sex, either way, it's it's spectacle. That that that's like we are creatures obsessed with spectacle. And the movie, I think, captures that. In, in this like primal really disturbing way while also being like just a, a fantastically dark comedy like throughout most of the movie like, they, like i really think a lot of the jokes land for me the, there's some one-offs that like you said maybe some performances that are like kind of shoddy but even then the joke payoff with them lands that the, the douchey frat bro yeah you know like he's he's over the top like comically like the character like a caricature of that kind of person however he gets ran over while kurt's blasting the gummy bear song <laughs> yeah like like just the, the payoff of his death is so funny there's there's also something to be said about how well they portray influencer mm-hmm. like 
like I've seen a lot of movies try to yeah. include some sort of like phone in their movie or like mm-hmm. or some texting features or like you know trying to portray Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is. Yeah, and it it never feels right. Like it always yeah. feels like somebody who's far removed from it is trying to make something. Whereas yeah. these YouTube instructional videos that you're watching Kurt do, mm-hmm. like when he's filling up the bottles with the poison to kill yeah. these people. It fucking feels so real. It does. Like, it, there's so many accuracies to how sad his life is, but also yeah. what he would be like on YouTube. Like, it's it's spot on. Yeah, like, you believe that Kurt exists. And as you mentioned, like, there was, like, a Twitch killer yeah. that happened. And, like, the Kurt feels like, you know, like, and it's certainly a commentary on certain things with, like, that he, maybe he was a byproduct of this. He's also just messed up. Like, yeah. like, like Kurt is messed up, but like you know, I think that there's like, in some ways, I think like you could almost want to say, oh, the blame is on the technology and his obsession with it. No, he, he's disturbed. Yeah, he's and fucked also in the head. he yeah. has an outlet where where it all kind of connected with him. But I, uh, I think that like he was captured perfectly with yeah, like his kind of at home videos, and then also Bobby Basecamp, the kid he babysat. Also, I felt like perfectly captured those kinds of influencers, yeah. like your Jake Pauls, like the, the Paul brothers in I, general. Like, like I feel like it was so perfectly captured with Bobby Basecamp, and there's some jokes with him that landed really well I, for me. I also like this movie. I didn't look at the like I didn't watch the trailer. I mm-hmm. had heard about this movie a lot, yeah. but I didn't bother to look at like any of the cast. I knew the premise, yeah. but I didn't look at the cast. The kid that plays Bobby Basecamp, mm-hmm. I fucking love. His name is Josh Avale. Okay. And he was on Vine. Oh, okay. And, like, that dude is hilarious. So, That's like, funny. when he appeared, I was like, holy shit. I think that, that adds to, then, like, the yeah. authenticity of the yeah, movie. Yeah. Because, like, he sold the hell out of playing oh, such so a douchey YouTube influencer. Where it's, like, that girl at the party who got hurt, it's just because the guy didn't throw her hard enough. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, and then it, it's like parentheses, not an apology. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, like things like that, or the homeless hero video was so perfect. So good. Like, like that video where like where he's like, no, like like I want to be real and authentic like homeless hero. And he's like, dude, watch that video again. Like that is like the most fake shit. Yeah, and then and it, it's it, comically fake. It gets the other, he's like, all those people were fucking actors, dude. Like I don't know what the fuck you think. And he's like, Oh, what? Like, you can just see Kurt... Throughout this movie, like, Kurt feels like he's the only real person on the internet. But he's, like... But he's not. He's literally, like, someone where he just believes that all the fake shit that he sees is reality. What he's Um, good at is capturing... Like, he's good at knowing how to be an influencer, but he has no sort of fucking personality at all behind it, to back it up. Because he's, uh, like... A sociopath. Yeah, he's like, like obsessively watched and learned how to do it. Yeah, but he doesn't have any of the innate ability to actually yeah. portray and, that and person. Credit to Joe Curie's performance too. Yeah, because like he really does play up this person so flawlessly. Yeah, he's so good at being a fucking loser in this movie. Yeah, dude. he like, really is. Well, and and I heard too because like, like and I wish I could like remember the exact detail, but I know that like. He, like, didn't wash his hair for, like, a couple weeks. And you can kind of tell, yeah, like, he you really tried to, like, gross, get yeah. his hair that, like, just really greasy look where, like, he would just, yeah, he actively, like, didn't wash his hair so that he could just kind of look like that pathetic loser. 
um, that, that, that Kurt was. Um, well, and, you know, you get kind of this backstory about him, and he's he's really not a whole lot different than a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like sure, his dad is also a loser, but his dad also, like, isn't a bad person. Like, like yeah, he's got, yeah. Like, his, he's got his drug problem, and he's a DJ. <laughs> he's yeah. just kind of a washed-up dude. And then his mom just seems like he's just raised by his mom. She's just doing whatever she can to this get dad, by. Yeah. Poor single mother. Um, but it's like it's a kind of an origin story that's not unlike plenty of other people. Where you know it's like, oh yeah, you, you know, you were with your mom and you helped her. She did what she could to raise you on her own. And then the the dad that was kind of aloof. Like you you hear those stories all the time. Like it's not like it. The movie tries to give Kurt some background of that. Like oh yeah. he like. Was was horribly abused. You know, like, it's it's like, not trying to give you an out to feel like you're no. agreeing with Kurt. You which, don't need to feel for Kurt at all. Yeah, like, like the whole movie is having you laugh at Kurt, and, and it's kind of fascinating the people that I've seen because there are there are people who don't like this movie, um, and I think like I think overall it's received like positive reviews, but it can be somewhat mixed, and I feel like the people that didn't like it. Almost didn't seem to grasp that you're supposed to think Kurt sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're not supposed to connect to his character. Yeah, like you are absolutely supposed to be laughing at him. Like, 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 like you are supposed to find him like just so pathetic and out of touch that like his plight to to murder people is is just ridiculous. It's it's hugely a satire, and I feel oh, yeah. like I feel like. All of my gripes or criticisms that I have with this movie that I would like bring the ratings down mm-hmm. really do improve the movie at the same time. So it's like it's like a catch it's a catch twenty one. It's like, well if I remove those things mm-hmm. and make a better movie, I'm yeah. getting rid of the things that I also think that this movie deserves credit for. It's like Yeah. Well and you could make this movie a number of different ways. Like you technically could have made this film very disturbing, yeah. and very bleak. Um, you could go more horror. You could also just go like more almost just true crime. You yeah, know, like you could make it feel really just fucked up. But they, I don't want that. No, from like the, like no. The, like the way they did the tone of this movie is so perfect. I also yeah. like that they don't really like portray most of the killings in the mm-hmm. movie. Like it's more so like this is going to land a huge punchline. Like you mentioned yeah. when he runs over Mario, backs over him, and then goes forward. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like, that's that's a killer joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how frequently he's trying to get people to drink his water. Yeah. Like, like, that was a joke, too, that was always funny to me, especially as the movie goes on. Like, Just drink your water. <laughs> you know, like, 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 especially when people start to bother him. That's also a good, like, a good thing out of the gate is they, like, present this, like, right-wing, like, political nut <laughs> who's, like, going to a, a crowd of, like, 3,000 people to have a speech. Mm-hmm. And within, like, five seconds of him being in the car, he's basically telling uh, Joe, he's, mm-hmm. he, he's like, wow, aren't you happy to be white? Like, just two white guys yeah. happy about being white. He's like, whoa, man, don't say that on my stream. <laughs> well, and I also, yeah, I love Kurt's, like... Yeah. Because Kurt kind of fits into that, like... Again, like where he's he's captured, as you mentioned, like captured the mentality of, of these people where like whether he believes it or not, it doesn't fucking matter. But like he just is so like he wants to have that liberal you're gonna, view. You're going to kill my fucking view count, dude. Like, yeah, he wants to have that liberal audience and that that liberal mentality. But like 
at the end of the day, Kurt just cares about people watching him. There's even, like, in that same exact sentence, he's like, hey, bro, Bobby Basecamp's going to be live-streaming this to, like, his audience, and they're not going to be cool with that racist shit. So, like, we're cool with, like, all races here, okay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, It's about the audience that he's trying to pull. It has nothing to do with, like him actually caring yeah. about this guy being racist or him actually caring about like Mario being a sexist creep. Yeah, and like, like they they're playing it up so heightened too, like even like the right wing nut mm-hmm. is so heightened oh, out yeah. of the gate that it's a good like it's a it's a good thing to show me right up front that this is how we're going to portray other characters. Yes. Because then I'm not looking at it like, oh, we're going to try to get, like, political here. We're going to try to get, like... Yeah, exactly. Like, you're obviously doing a farce. Yes. And I can see that now. Yeah, yeah, because the farce is even on, like, Kurt's own liberal political perspective. Where it's like he's, you know... He's sort of saying, like, Twitter buzz terms, you know, like, like, like terminology yeah. that will, like, get people to notice you on Twitter if you mention, like, oh, this person is a fascist pig who, yeah. like, you know, is, is against, you know, like, like just, you know, like, just pointing out these just buzzwords that will get people's attention and will fit with the audience that he's going after. Because um, technically you could have had another spin on it where Kurt also was a right-wing nut. <laughs> yeah. like, like, literally, like, he could have fallen anywhere on a political spectrum. He just cares about the viewers. He cares and more about people watching. Being in the age range he is, in that, that, that kind of millennial bucket, he wants that younger audience, you know? So he's trying to make sure he appeals to that sensibility for the most part. Um, and, 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 yeah, like you said, where, like, the movie emphasizes how absurd everyone is because yeah that right wing guy right off the bat say it with me i'm white and i'm proud you know <laughs> like, like just like right off like immediately like okay i'm like, like wait what like this is this is first guy this yeah is yeah the first guy he picks up but like every single one of them are, are taken to that extreme and uno the the, the yeah. dj who is just she's only famous for making a sex tape really yeah <laughs> like like just so like she's kind of this like kim kardashian parody a little bit yeah uh but like just and, and all the like even the commenters make a sex tape just yeah. make another sex tape um but like she's over the top i love when she accidentally shoots the cop so good dude like that's so like, good. a scene where yeah like just drinks the water passes out you know kurt being interrogated because they assume he's like either high or, or, or yeah. drunk and uh, Uno just waking up after realizing that she's been poisoned <laughs> and shoots it shoots just shoots this cop in the face um, like dark comedy is one of those things where yeah. it, it, it works for people and it doesn't I love dark humor um, and I think it's I think some of it's because also I love horror and, and I think that it, it's pretty easy to kind of talk about how I think horror and comedy very much bump up next Can't to go each hand other. In hand. Yeah, because both of them are dealing with um, like almost physical reactions, you know, and where something that could be creepy and even a lot of humor comes from laughing at things that are uncomfortable yeah. or awkward, um, and how you could technically lean into something turning creepy or, or turning unsettling um where like yeah we we laugh at things that we want to shake off and i think dark comedy can be that wonderful blend of that and and spree kind of plays on that whole thing with like this could have been a horror film this could have been a movie about 
a, a really unhinged dude who's like, you know, you could play it up on the creepy side of it and really try to make it grotesque and disturbing. Like you said, I don't want it to be. Yeah. Like, like, I also just don't... I don't know if you would find the entertainment value in that to a certain degree where this one... It's it's about the the satire of, of internet obsession. Yeah, it's, it's weird because it gives you... Like, it's obviously a heightened sense of reality and it's, it's supposed to be mm-hmm. fun. You're supposed to be, you know, in it till the end. But, like, it does give you a pretty good commentary on the things. Oh, yeah. If you want to, like, have a conversation about it. Like, you don't have to. And that's no. not... I, I don't think that that's the only reason the directors and the writers made this movie. But I yeah. think, like, through the lens, it does give a pretty crazy conversation, especially... The after of everything. The that had ending happened. is very good. They didn't like the very ending. Like basically, the very the, ending, basically yeah. like the epilogue of the movie. Yeah, I think like with what it captures is kind of haunting. That like, might like, be chilling. Yeah, that yeah. might be the only part of this movie that where I was like, like, oh shit, yikes. Well, and it kind of has a an interesting twist with yeah, because like, the, the film it, it like like movies like Searching where like you're looking at someone's computer monitor or you're looking yeah. at a live stream you're looking at these videos and sort of the the reveal at the end that you're watching someone's fan compilation yeah. like that's what the movie is in its structure because when it when you hit play on it when it hits play and you and the movie starts it's the very first scene that you see in the film so yeah. like like it, it it's yeah it was kind of a, a cool way to spin the the narrative of the movie and say that like yes you're watching this person's fan movie of this guy who really was a piece of shit and, and you see how he got idolized that like there's like he a got million four chan forums about it yeah there's, like Reddit like entire Reddit groups that are associated with him like the conversation about idolizing oh, he's hot him. you know yeah. Like, like yeah it's suddenly that the, there's this weird the way that he gets sort of fetishized. And it's... And it's, and it's such, accurate. And it's such a weird thing because, like, he's... You know, obviously, like... That's what Kurt wanted. Like, mm-hmm. he wanted oh, yeah. to be... He wanted a legacy for himself. This, like, he's talking about it from the beginning of the movie. Like, rideshare killers... Uh, the highest mount killed is six. Like, we gotta go higher than that number tonight, guys. We gotta get number than mm-hmm. that or else nobody's gonna remember this. Yeah. And it's, like... Really fucked up to think about the mind... Mm-hmm. Of Kurt, yeah, but then it's even more fucked up to think of the mind of all these people who are like obsessive about this yeah. deranged human being who was like did something for a forty-eight mm-hmm. hour period, but then he's got a back catalog of shit for like years mm-hmm. that you can now delve upon and like pick apart the brain of Kurt without even knowing him at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. It's eerie, and I think that yeah, like it, it does a good job of kind of wrapping the movie up in a nice bow. I, I I think where the movie stumbles for me is all of the comedian stuff. Yeah, I, I, I just think like I get that it's sort of like this kind of goofy, weird reality, but also like it they they weren't funny. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, that's that's also, like I love Kyle Mooney. Yeah, like I love Kyle Mooney, and he was unbearable to watch. Like. Yeah, well, and, like, I, I get that kind of the joke was sort of that, like, he that wasn't he's unfunny, funny, but, like... Yeah, but also he's still, like, just even outside of that, like, his scenes where he's not doing his stand-up special, he's still, like, really just not funny. And, and so, like, like they, they didn't land for me. Um, 
I get the point of it, but like that's like really my biggest gripe is that component of the film, which really comes in like in the final third because yeah. you get the you get the car chase of him driving down the street, like down the interstate, <laughs> down the homeless down the alley the at some point. Way. Yeah, yeah, just going the wrong direction as cars are dodging out of the way, and he goes into yeah this homeless alley. And, and Kurt's commentary is so funny. Yeah, like they have no social media. They have no social media. They have no social media presence. It's like you know, like I, I it doesn't even matter if I kill them because no one will care. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> It's so like, wild. It just, it just shows you how much like his whole worldview is his follower count. Like, like that's all he cares about. Like it has n- absolutely nothing to do with it. Because and that comes back around to the political side of it. Yeah. Uh, because like he doesn't care about like actual like political viewpoints where it's not like oh we need we should be taking care of these people. He just cares about who has a political like following you know like yeah. if someone has a following like like or like so this person's successful and this is what they like and even how the movie kind of demonstrates like you know like oh like i don't care about homeless people they don't have social media presence well it doesn't matter if i you know, whether people want to take care of them or not fuck them like, that's his character and then like directly after that scene you're like watching what you think is kurt have an epiphany watching mm-hmm. the stand-up because like when comedy gets up there, it's really mm-hmm. hard to watch. Like, it was, like, yeah. so unbearable. Which is... Like, that's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like, he's but, supposed like, to be he's bombing. He's supposed to be bombing. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it, that was... the I, I wrote down, the hardest part of this movie for me to believe is that Kyle Mooney would go on stage and bomb. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know. I love Kyle Mooney. But um, then she goes out there and she's, like, talking about Kurt as mm-hmm. if... She feels attachment to him because she understands yeah. what it's like. like. That's that's her. She wants people's attention. Mm-hmm. She wants the likes online. She wants all this. And yeah. you're like watching Kurt, and you're thinking that he's having this like realization. And then like the scene that follows is like him not noticing shit. Like he, do- his realization was that her speech got attention and got people yeah. excited. Therefore. Now I'm actually no longer want to kill. We are going to be lovers. We're now a power couple. <laughs> we are going to make a sex tape together, and, and we are yeah. also going to be this power couple that spreads love. It, it, like just like he just cares about how he can get yeah. followers. Like like literally like his epiphany was okay. So I need to stop killing. Yeah. <laughs> like like I need to stop killing and I guess rape her now. <laughs> like like that was really. Like, like, like his viewpoint where yeah. like it was like just so like I guess now it's just I need to have sex on I'm camera. in love with you like yeah. now I am 100% in love yeah, with you yeah like that's that's what matters like I'm gonna take you back to my house and we're gonna make a sex tape and it's like yeah like the, like just the, the complete uh, delusion of, of of him and, and even down to the whole like Mary fuck kill poll that he yeah does, the Mary like, fuck kill poll blew my mind bro yeah it, well, and, and that was like that's like one of the most tense moments in the movie is just watching where that pole is yeah, going where it's like, it like, go like, no, like don't <laughs> oh man I know like yeah, just cause it's such like an uncomfortable thing to know that like he'll do whatever comes out yeah. on top like, like he'll do it it's like you know like the Mary option I don't know just he would have fucking forced her up to do it like yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he would have like figured that's, it out that's the whole thing yeah like he, he would have yeah done something um uh, one thing I wanted to point out in the movie that I thought was kind of clever because there's the reveal that he killed his mom. Yeah. Um, and 
it actually hints at it earlier in the movie. Yeah. Because um, there's a, a scene where, and he's like yelling at Bobby. He's like, I've done seven. And if you count out how many you've seen, yeah. it was six. Yeah. And so it's like, well, did, did I not see the seventh one? So it like kind of hints. And it even gives you like that moment where he's like, I'm going to go say goodbye to my mom. I'll yeah, be back, like, guys. Oh, oh, one second. And he's and gone comes- for like, unnaturally too long and then he comes back with her like charm necklace yeah um which yeah it's just him being a complete psychopath like that's that's yeah. what it is i know that some people have compared this to like american psycho i i can see it where it's like this just this snapshot of a certain type of person and a certain mentality in a time period and like American Psycho was a period piece like it was the 80s yeah uh, but this one like even present day it's this snapshot of someone who is completely detached from human emotion who is but yet like so connected to something that people care about like people do care about social media presence and influence but like that's all he cares about Patrick Bateman also like all he cares about in American Psycho is his image of in the Wall Street yeah. community like looking in presenting himself a certain way, he just has to make sure that he is the ultimate Wall Street douchebag, basically. Yeah, like, that's why you have, like, that iconic scene of him staring at a business card yeah. and basically creaming his pants and, and like, it's and, like... And you do get that similar kind of thing with, like, Kurt doing everything he can to be the ultimate influencer like he just wants to look and be that the influencer that you know like he he will make an apology video he'll do a draw my life he'll do everything he can to to capture what it is and like you said he's got the mannerisms down he does but but he just has no actual heart or soul there's even moments in this movie where like he has he like develops some sort of a personality Mm -hmm. that makes you sad that he like that kind of makes you feel like he could not... Like, he doesn't have to do any of this. Like, there's a brief ride here he has where he's got uh, one woman and her two other friends in the backseat mm-hmm. of the car. And, yeah. like, Kurt in this moment in time feels kind of cool. Yeah. Like, it's not like I'm now connected with him, but I'm like, you're not a fucking weirdo in this instance. You, you seem like you're fine. Yeah. But he goes straight back into killing. Yeah. And, like, nobody watched the killings. Like, I know. And, well, and, and that was, like, one of his most brutal kills. Yeah. Where it's like he has, like, junkyard dogs. He fucking, like, drills her brain <laughs> out in, like, the passenger seat. Yeah. And that scene was funny, too, just because as they got their heads out the window and they're driving through this junkyard, like, oh, it smells like a bunch of dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's probably where he's disposing them is in his junkyard. I was... I, when that scene started happening and they're, like, out of the sunroof, I was like, is he gonna, like... I really thought it was going to be like half of their bodies were going to get chopped off or something. Like, that's what I was wanting. they were going to get decapitated. Yeah, like yeah. decapitated or something, but then it was just dogs. Which was still brutal. I'm yeah, not trying. Some, yeah, well, because like he brutal. pins them in there as like some angry dogs jump on top of the car and, yeah, and like just maul them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and uh, describing these scenes too, the movie actually doesn't relish in the violence in a, in a way that it sounds as we describe it. Yeah, it like, cuts. It doesn't show the dogs ripping their faces off, you know? It, it doesn't even really show the drill going in her head. Like, like, like the movie isn't interested in gore. Like, like it's it's more interested in the fact that he's committing these acts. Yeah, but... Which is similar to American Psycho. Because American yeah. Psycho also 
doesn't show the acts of violence as much as that movie implies all of the terrible things he's doing. Well, because this, this movie's not trying to glorify anything. This no. movie's just trying to present it in, like, a, a very, like, third-person view, yeah. almost. Like, some of my favorite scenes of this movie were him just giving the hashtag the lesson. Because, like, yes. the, the very second person that gets in the ride chair, I think that's maybe the funniest moment of the entire, like, movie. Like, one of the funniest yeah. moments, because he's, like... He's got her... After she drinks the water in the back of the car, mm-hmm. he's got her in the back seat, and he's like... All right, guys. Hashtag the lesson. Now you have her in the back seat. She's asleep. she's she's down. What do you got to do? All right, you're gonna you're gonna access her phone. That's so good. Now sometimes with new phones, they're either gonna have a fingerprint reader or a face reader. Now if it's a face reader, you're just gonna have to you're gonna have to like move their face, just move their and like <laughs> yeah. His hashtag the lesson thing and that that whole overview too of like 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 okay like I need to like basically like make sure that she's got an alibi yeah. so that like no one suspects anything i'm canceling the flight fuck you you don't even have followers yeah dude he's so disconnected <laughs> to reality dude like it's, it's like not a single person yeah. would say that to anyone yeah, yeah it's just like fuck you you don't have enough followers now we're good for another couple hours guys yeah nobody's gonna wear like <laughs> i know i gotta i'm tying up loose ends yeah and, and just yeah his influencer speech pattern yeah is is just flawless he's hitting the mr beast on him like he really yeah, is like yeah like he he has that down yeah um yeah no i i think joe curie i think for me like with this movie like solidified that like i want to see him in more stuff yeah he's, like, i would the, love he's to the one person out of stranger things specifically where i'm like i guess like sadie sink uh, like the actress that plays Max. Yeah, she's like, pretty good. She's a very good actress. Um, I, I know that she's kind of popped up in other things and like is showing that she's talented. But besides like her, like Joe Keery has been the one that like I want to see him do more things. I want to see him separated from it just because I think he can be a leading man. Yeah, I but, do like, too. I, I, like in Spree, like he's playing a complete psychopath, but yet still he's got enough charisma to like have you still be glued to watching yeah you know like he pulls off that you know there's a reason why people are drawn to those influencers and it is that charisma about them there there is a an energy about them that makes people interested in watching them and i think he has that sort of attitude where even playing a delusional psychopath it's like you're still just invested in the energy and the over the topness of his performance and i think that I just would love to see him branch out into yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. He he brings a lot into this character, man. Like I don't know that many people that can like I, I like the the desperation from him was palpable. Like Kurt could have been unbearable, but instead yeah. he's pathetically funny. Yeah. Um and, and I think that that's all credit to Joe Keery because yeah. if someone else was playing him and played it wrong, it would have been like this is the most annoying character I've seen on film in a long time. But it's like he's just you're so enthralled by how delusional he is. And I I think he very clearly understands. Like I, I mean I feel like most people of our like age demographic, mm-hmm. like any anybody under thirty, like twenty to thirty in this mm-hmm. range, you understand the internet at least enough to yeah. like understand like Mr. Beast and stuff like that. But I think that he really tapped into that. Hey, what's up, guys? Like for sure, he he hits it, hits it so well. Yeah, like he he really did tap into it. I will say, like you know, like because my, my wife had seen this before, but we were rewatching it together, and we even like talked about where like I'm I 
I understand the mannerisms and I see the people, but yet like like the Bobby base camps, they captured it perfectly. I have no fucking idea how those people are famous and how those yeah. people do get money. Like even like in like one of the videos, which I thought was perfect, where it's like, "Hey guys, I'm chilling in my home theater, and it's all thanks to you." It's like, why yeah. the fuck are you giving him money? Like, like yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's I like don't the, it's like it. it's like he's definitely Bobby Basecamp's definitely like the Jake Paul, like Logan yeah, Paul. It, it's esque, capturing like, like a, a generational thing that even like myself like i don't understand yeah. like i really don't like like it's something where like it very much clicks with children like children oh are yeah to that and i don't get it there's there's a lot of like i mean prank channels i think aren't as prevalent anymore but like that weird level of like nine through like 12 year old kids yeah that like just want to watch people get like fucked with yeah they just want to watch like some douchey kid just be an asshole or you literally like make fake inspirational videos like that yeah. homeless hero video where it's like this guy sucks like, like yeah. what, what is it about him that is making money but it was very accurate because tons of people like Bobby yeah. Basecamp exist um, so and it works yeah yeah like I, I think the movie captured like that was a satire element that didn't even feel heightened to me like yeah. that just literally felt like like this is that's real like th- these people exist um, so uh, I think I'm ready to give ratings. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, no, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to give ratings. Yeah, so I've seen this movie twice now. Um, I'm gonna give it an eight. I really have a great time watching this, and and I will agree that it, it's got its stumbles, and and yeah. I do think that there's plenty of moments where it 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 doesn't land because the movie's just big, like like it's yeah. exaggerated, like like the the attitudes and, and like sort of the the way it's written is very in your face. It's not subtle, like I said, like it, it's things are heightened, but I think that when it lands, it lands absurdly well, um, and, and uh, I just think it's a good time. I, I think it's a, a a really solid dark comedy satire on the internet age. Yeah, I mean, I give this a seven out of ten. It's mm. like looking at it. Through the lens of, like, me just watching Memories of Murder, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's hard for me to objectively say that this is, like, two two rankings below mm-hmm. it, right? But yeah. it's like, this movie does everything I wanted from it. Mm-hmm. it. It doesn't excel at everything perfectly. It does yeah. have its pitfalls. But, like, at least... All of the mannerisms, all of the characters, all of the camp that it that it has, mm-hmm. it leans so far into it yeah. that anything that I could even give it as like a bad like viewpoint from me is negated. Like it, it yeah. feels like all of the performances, while I think are over the top, are perfect for this movie. They are. And, yeah. You know, they are. maybe maybe the third act could have been improved slightly better with not having Kyle Mooney's character live streaming. And it um, becomes hurt. a bit of a slasher too, which we didn't really get yeah. into. But it becomes like a weird, like in like that's like in the last like ten minutes. Yeah. But like it's like ah, yeah, like, like it doesn't clean up the loose ends as perfectly. It's the very end of the movie that I think it excels in yes. is the aftermath of it, like watching uh, the comedian rise to the rankings for being a survivor and victim of this thing. And even and she sucks. Like she I, sucks like, too. Like, yeah. like even that like is kind of pointed out in the movie like yeah like i agree like just the way it shows that that epilogue scene yeah is great because yeah like she sucks too with her even like the life take a selfie with them 
And yeah. she does. It's, it's like, like hashtag survivor. She's like in this ethereal clothing, like mm-hmm. you know, like I'm a savior. Like what's up? I did. Yeah, I did great. It's like no, like no. <laughs> and then that's like perfectly juxtaposed with like you see all of these like shitty people online who are now like Kurt fans, and it's just like I don't yeah. know. It was it was that was the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like that was yeah. that was a good wrap up of was. everything. And I think without that, I might have a slightly different. Mm-hmm. depiction on it but like even then yeah it, it was it was really fun it yeah. was a fun time like it, it is it's it's just an entertaining ride of a movie that also has like a pretty solid social commentary yeah. in there about just internet clout um as i mentioned this being like sort of like to the reveal of this being his movie I'll, I'll call out as like the last point which is um i'm pretty sure like even the score of the movie was intended to be all of Kurt's music. Yeah. Like, I think, like, like because, like, he plays his music that he has remixed himself, uh, like, like, throughout the movie in his car, but, like, even, I think, the score that plays in the film, I think, is intended to yeah. be, like, I took Kurt's mixtapes. <laughs> and uh, and like I his, dumped him over this. And then and put it over the, the movie that you're watching. Yeah. Um, and I thought even that worked, because it all just kind of fit with his brand. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, I, I think it's a fun movie. I agree with your points. I even, like, understand your rating. I, I have a blast with it. So, yeah, like, 8 out of 10, like, I think, like, you know, yeah, when you compare it to, like, Memories of Murder, like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm giving it, a, like, one point difference. However, like, yeah, Memories of Murder is, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a much it's higher sure. quality film. But, like, I, I think that the entertainment value of this and just the the way it moves, I think the movie flies by. Yeah, I'd like, recommend this. And, like, both of these movies are super easy because they're mm-hmm. on Hulu. Like, I just watched them back-to-back and, like... Yeah. This movie's an hour 30. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, of, it's, it's, it's a lot cool. of fun and it goes through. Like, there's and, not and there's a lot no of lulls. slow point. Like, like yeah. really, like, it, it just keeps going. Like, like I guess, like, if there is a single lull, it's when you have to watch the bad stand-up special. Yeah, that's, a, like, um, a, a little bit, Which yeah. is, like, a brief sequence in the movie. Otherwise, like everything else is just constantly going yeah. um but yeah, yeah um really fun fun movies like like it's strangely even memories of murder has its entertainment value <laughs> like, like it's it also has its, it's fun got moments. some slapstick in it yeah, yeah but yeah good recommendations um interesting pairing together yeah i figured it would be a a weird one yeah and uh with that are we ready to go into uh our next episode recommendation yeah for sure all right I got a very boring theme for you. Okay. Um, the theme for the next episode is people. Okay. So we're going to watch Ordinary People and the Humans. That's the the thematic tie between these is, is Ordinary People, ordinary and, people and, and the, the humans. humans. Yep. Just watch some movies about people. <laughs> that's, that's the whole theme that uh, people are involved in, uh, in these two movies. Um, I'm excited to watch both of them. I think uh, they'll be interesting. I don't know if you've if you know about to, yeah, of off them. the top of my head, like the, the I might know them, but like it doesn't sound like they're very yeah yeah. The humans is very new, um, and uh, like I it may have even been I think it was a twenty twenty one film, a twenty four, um, but I just know kind of the basic premise is that it's a family on Thanksgiving dinner, and it's framed and filmed like a horror film. Okay, I have. Yeah, seen the trailer for this one. Yeah, so that one's like a horror film, and then, uh, but but it's not actually horror. They, like that's what I've heard. So so I'm I'm certainly curious about that one. And then Ordinary People's the best picture winner from 1980, I believe. So 
Yeah, it'll be really interesting. Yeah, we'll, we got some two nineties on Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes, Jr. There we go. Yeah. All right. So we will be talking about some people next episode. <laughs> you don't want to be spoiled <laughs> for ordinary people or the humans. Make sure to watch them before the next episode. We will see you all then. Bye. Bye.